Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew, and today talking about our three-nil win, uh, yeah, away in the Carabao Cup uh, semi-final first leg. There is still a second leg to play, but Nottingham Forest may as well forfeit that particular game. Um, yes, it's looking like we are off to Wembley, hopefully, um, which is very, very good. It, it, it's time to start getting our name back into history books in terms of winning things. This is the main point of why this is so important. I mean, is, is it Man United's ambition to win the Carabao Cup? I mean, yes and more, but uh, you you got to... You gotta start small again when you've been on such a big trophy drought. I think it'd be six years this year from twenty seventeen. Um a relatively comfortable game, I thought. Um there were some moments of shakiness, certainly, and it did get a bit nervy at points, but then I thought that we just uh killed them off, um, obviously towards the end of the game. It was good to get the goal before half time, which was really, really good as well. Um, some interesting performances to talk about today as well. It was good to see a couple of different players like Palestri. Uh, congratulations on to Vergost on getting his first goal, definitely as well. Um, Rashford, I thought had a good game. There's a few other players I thought had some good games. A few players that did some really, really questionable things that I'm going to be pointing out. Um, but no, it was overall a, a good game. It was relatively calm, but. There was a danger at one point that we'd let Nottingham Forest in and for them to capitalise upon it, but luckily they didn't. Um, They did initially score, obviously, the the offside goal, which I think was pretty clearly offside. Uh, So you had that that was going on, Um, but no positives to to take forward. Um, We just got to just kind of bypass them in the second leg. I believe that's next week, Wednesday. And uh, if things go according to plan... It should be Newcastle in the final, which um, Newcastle have been obviously very, very good this season. But, you know, we should be able to beat them in a cup final, certainly. Um, if we don't, then obviously there'll be some some question marks. But um, very, very excited about tonight's win. Um, it's I looked at this Nottingham Forest team and I don't know who they've had in previous rounds. But I sort of looked at them and I was like, how did you get to a semi-final of this, competi- of this competition? <laughs> Um, like, cause you know, you think of Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City. Uh, Man City got knocked out by I think it was Southampton in the quarterfinals, uh, which is how they are playing Newcastle. Um, I don't know who Nottingham Forest beat to get here, but somebody knocked Liverpool out, somebody knocked Chelsea out, and Arsenal and Tottenham, and um, obviously Newcastle is still in, still in this. So there's that. Um, I thought at points we played some decent football, but we did seem kind of sloppy and kind of... We did take the game a bit too easy, and there was just a bit of a worry about, you know, if we took the game too, too easy, that uh, Forrest would, you know, notice and capitalise on it, which they almost did, but we managed to shut them out. Um, I don't really see that happening in the second game. Of course, there's no guarantees in football. Anybody can be anybody, but... For them to at least take us to extra time or penalties, they'd need to beat us by three goals to nil um, in the second leg. And I just, I mean, that'll be at Old Trafford, and I just don't see that happening. Uh, I really, really don't. Um, you know, if something bad happens, like we're starting losing 2-0 or something, I'm sure we'll put uh, put ourselves into fifth gear and get the job taken care of. And depends on injuries and that sort of thing, but 
they I mean there's a couple of players for them that, that, that really sort of stood out but um I think we, we, we dealt with them just well enough but there was a few moments of like slip ups and a few moments of worries. Um but yeah it'll be exciting if we if we do get to this cup final which we are more or less in but not actually uh officially there just yet. Um but no, like I said, it was good to see a couple of different players playing. Um, good to see Garnacho again and Palestri, who we haven't seen for like a really, really long time. So that was really good. Um, thought some of our passing at certain points was like really strange and, and, and really quite bad. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was an interesting game to, to kind of watch. So there was portions of it where I was like, okay, this is a bit sort of like slow and uh, and whatnot um so that was slightly frustrating but uh there was still there was still this isn't one of them cup games where you're three nil up in 10 minutes and it's like okay what do you do for, for 80 minutes sort of thing uh this was I, I thought this was better than that um because credit to Nottingham Forest at points I thought that they put up a really good fight uh, which was which was interesting to see. I mean, they have to, right? They have to put up some kind of fight. They can't just completely roll over. Because um, what, what have they got to lose? You know, um, you either fight in a semi-final and get knocked out anyway, or you actually try. This isn't like a Premier League game where they can sort of, like, play for a draw or kind of, hey, if we lose 1-0, at least we'll have not as bad goal difference. It, it's not that, like, you have to go for it. So um, I thought that they put up a good fight against us at certain points so that was that um so that's kind of my thoughts on the performance there isn't a ton to really break down with with that uh, i don't think nottingham forest are that good um we played them recently in the premier league i cannot for the life of me remember what the score was um oh yeah three nil to to us that was on the 27th rashford scored martial scored and uh, Fred scored right at the end. That's the uh, previous game against them. So, yeah, we've beaten them 6-0 on throughout the season. So, there you go. Let's start off with the goals. Uh, break into the summary. Uh, opening six minutes, Rashford with a goal. Um, does some very, very good work with this goal, I thought. Uh, pushing his way past those two players. Not giving up. Um, bit of a scruffy shot, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter how good your shot is, it it just matters that it goes over the line. Uh, left foot, which is a little bit unusual for Rashford, he can score goals on his left foot of course, but um, what matters here really is that he just persists, he pursues the the goal um, and pushes his way past those two, two players. I don't really know who those two players are because I don't follow Nottingham Forest, but uh, they couldn't manage to hold off Rashford and uh, his good streak continues. I mean, he had a bit of a weird game what was it the other day? Not the Arsenal game, the one before that, I think. Was it the Palace game? I think there's a one where we drew 1-1. Uh, he had a bit of a weird game there, but uh, seems to be a bit more level-headed in this game, which is good. Uh, so, great goal from Rashford. Um, then, uh, some time afterwards, uh, in the 23rd minute, they scored a goal. Ultimately, it didn't count. Uh, someone called Surridge scored. Um, this goal was kind of on Lindelof. I mean, I don't know if the intent here was I'm going to play you offside or he's just because he's not marking his player, simply put. Martinez is marking his player and it almost, and I don't want to criticise this goal too much because it didn't actually count, but you, you've still got to like note things, right? But um, it's almost like he's, he was trying to get 
too it was trying to be too close to Martinez and I don't really know why. Um but no he just leaves this guy unmarked and he runs through and scores. So um Lindelof improved a bit in the second half, but I thought first half he was really, really quite shaky. There was also a point as well where um he sort of like had a bit of a Maguire moment where he went to control the ball and he couldn't for some reason. Um don't forget, like this isn't just all oh, these people are professional footballers. This is this is what these people because they are people, they're not characters. This is what these people do for a living. <laughs> and it's it's surprising how uh how bad some of them could be at it at some points. Um yeah, cuz it's not just hey, we'll we'll turn up twice a week for a kickabout. Like this is a very highly paid professional job. This is what you do for a living. And uh you train and things like that. So uh, I mean, I get it. Players are going to make mistakes, you know. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't mark his man here, and he goes through and scores on goal. Um, I thought, basically, that Martin has bailed him out, like, twice, almost. Because there's a the bit later on in the game where um, uh, Lindelof miscontrolled the ball, and then Martin has literally got in there with his head. So uh, I thought Martin has had a fantastic game. Anyway, the goal was disallowed because it was offside. So no matter what, it wouldn't have counted. Uh, then Wegor scored uh, his first Manchester United goal. Yeah, this is the type of goals that he's there for. Um, these sort of poacher goals. I think it was some, but somebody got the ball to Anthony in some way, shape, or form. He got a shot off, and then the ball just bounced to Vegorst and um, he poached it in. But that's the kind of player Vegorst is. Uh, he's very, very good at holding up in the ball, holding up the ball. Sorry, uh, we saw that very much um, in this particular match. I think he's played what three games for us now or something. Um, so there's that as well, but uh, but no, he's he is the quote unquote fox in the box like poacher type striker. That that's that's what he does, which is why it's good and useful uh, for us to have like Martial and Vergos because they both are like totally different types of players. Because um, you're not really going to see Vergos dribbling in the same way that Martial does, but you're not going to really see. The sort of tall... I mean, I know Martial's good at holding up in the ball. Holding up the ball. Why can't I say that properly? He's good at holding up the ball. Um, but yeah, gets in here, gets his poacher goal. But that's what he's there for. Being in the right place at the right time. And uh, just poke the goal, poke the ball in the goal. That's all you've got to do. Uh, so congratulations to him for that. And that was half-time. Um, I'm very, very happy with the next three substitutions that happened. Um, we're going to read out one of them now. So start a second half. Um... Ganacho one for Rashford. Um, I would have made this exact same sub, uh, probably at the same time as well. I was kind of feeling that substitution to, to sort of happen. Not because Rashford was having a bad game, he was having a very good game, but you looked at it and it was like, okay, it's almost an hour gone. You want to just sort of savor Rashford for these, these other games because there's a lot of games coming up and he's one of our most important players. And Ganacho sitting there, fit and ready to go. And you're just kind of reserving Rashford. So this isn't a case of like you're having a bad game. You've got to be subbed off. That doesn't always have to be a reason to take a player off. It can just be, okay, you're not injured or whatever. We we just want to just, we, we don't need you for the next half an hour. You know, so uh, smart stuff there from Tenag, which is exactly the same thing I would have done. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing that I'm thinking. But it's nice when I agree with the manager. So there was that one. And then about uh, 20 minutes or so later, Palestri and Fred on for Ericsson and Anthony. Um, again, with the Anthony one, that was the exact same sub I was thinking of. I was looking at the bench and thinking, 
Okay, you've got a couple of different wingers on the bench. Um, Alanga's obviously one of them who did get used later. Uh, but Palestri, we haven't seen him for a while either, and this kind of felt right for, for a game to bring him on. And apart from a few almost very bad mistakes, I thought we had a very, very good game. Don't forget, he's not really been... I don't know if he's been playing for the under-21s or what he's been doing. Obviously, he's been training and whatnot, but... Um, he uh, he hasn't played a lot recently, and at some point you've got to give these players games. And I get that you can't do it in you know Manchester derbies or games against Arsenal because those are just too big of of games. Um, and Palestri is he does look very good, but he's unproven. You know, not not in the same way as Garnacho, who's like had quite a few games, played really well, scored some goals. Like Garnacho sort of got in his way into the first team, whereas Palestri's not done that yet, but. You gotta give him a chance. Um, okay, there were some you know mistakes that he made, but I thought it was good to see him, and there, there looks like there's something promising there. Um, I would possibly start him against Reading on Saturday, maybe. Um, I mean, if he plays bad, just take him off. But I think, I mean, Anthony had an okay game, um, but it's time to just just do a bit of rotation. We have got a lot of games coming up. We have got like a second leg of this thing coming up. Hopefully, a cup final. FA Cup, Europa League, at least two games, and then what, like eighteen more Premier League games. So, and that's all got to be finished by like early June. There's there's a lot of football, unless of course we get knocked out of the FA Cup or the Europa League. But then I don't want that to happen. So there we go. And then Fred on for Ericsson. I would have either taken off Ericsson and or Bruno. Um, I would have kept Casemiro on still. Again, midfield options, you've got McTominay on the bench. I wouldn't have even put him on the bench after his last game. I thought it was very, very bad. Uh, but Fred is kind of a useful sub player, a substitute player. Um, so I don't disagree with the substitution. I just would have done Ericsson or Bruno. So I guess I do agree with it. So um, those are substitutions I, I agree with that I would have made as well. Um, but I think I think what I, w- what I would have done is left... Verkost on and ticking off Bruno, maybe. But then Bruno wouldn't have scored the goal that he's about to score. So, what do I know? Um, so, that was that. And then the yeah, the, the rest of these things are just uh, one more goal and a substitution. Uh, so, Langer on for Verkost. Uh, I don't know who was playing down the middle at that point. It didn't entirely matter. Um, but Langer subbed on. Um, it, it, it's fine. To, to do that, I suppose. Alanga did end up getting an assist. Kind of a crafty little pass that he does. I don't know if some of you notice. It's like this awkward chip pass that he does to Bruno. Um, so yeah, the last thing that happens is a goal. A bit of a pass and move sort of element going on. Um, I think Bruno passed it to Alanga. Then he... No, sorry. Bruno passed it to Palestri. He didn't quite get the shot off. It fell to Alanga. He then passed it to Bruno who made the forward run. And quite a good shot. Quite a good shot. So it's a good goal. Um, I still would have subbed him off before this, but then I wouldn't have known the goal was going to happen. So, um, yeah, but uh, ultimately it didn't matter. It's it's 3-0 at the end, and that is uh, good stuff. All right, that's it for the, re- the uh, not the recap, the summary and everything. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and then we'll do our player ratings or my player ratings. You can write in your player ratings, but I'm going to tell you my player ratings. Anyway, <laughs> let's go for, go for a break. Uh, we'll come back and then we'll do those. I do have a man of the match in mind. Probably quite obvious as to who it is. But uh, let's do that in a minute. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, 
you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to quality to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, let's kick off with the kickoff. I've never done that before. I didn't even mean that as a pun or anything, I just said kickoff. Uh, let's kick off with um, player ratings. Um, don't have like loads to say about all of these, but there's some notable performances. I'm going to go with Rashford for my man of the match again. I'll give him a 9, not a 10. There was a few sloppy sort of moments, but then everybody kind of had sloppy moments at certain points in this game. But I'm not going to be nitpicky about it. But I'll give him a 9 out of 10. I thought Rashford was excellent again. And a very, very good, very well taken goal to get get things, uh, I was going to say kicked off. I need to stop doing that. To get things started. So uh, Rashford did very, very well. Uh, De Gea, I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10. Uh, I thought he had a very, very good game. A couple of... A couple of um, big saves that he made, which I thought was very, very good. So, um, and um, a mostly quiet game for De Gea, but uh, he did make a couple of very, very good saves, so I'll give him an 8. Wan-Bissaka, um, not quite as good as he's been, but not terrible. Um, I'd probably give him an 8 as well. I thought he had a good game, um, but not, like, incredible as he's as he's been recently, but not terrible, so I think an 8 is appropriate. Um, yeah, got forward relatively well. Um, again, I don't know in terms of, okay, is it going to be him and Anthony? Is it going to be him and... Palestri or Delo and Anthony or who's it going to be down that right hand side I'm not completely sure um, Lindelof I'm going to give him a 4 I was going to give him a lower score but then there was there was a couple of interceptions he made towards the end of the game that were uh, quite important so I raised his score a little bit I was going to maybe give him like a 2 or something because oh boy that first half oh boy <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it it's it must be frustrating as a defender because like, as a, as a striker for example, if you get given, um, let's say like five chances in the game to score, and you take at least let's say you score at least one of them, that's the one that people will remember, especially if it's an important goal. If you're a defender. And you've made nine game-saving tackles, but then the tenth one is one where you slip or something, and then the goal goes in. 
it's it's easier to be sort of nitpicky and more harsh about defensive performances because if the, the moment that you slip up and a player has clearly beaten you and got past you, um, that's the moment that people will pick out. So it's it it is a difficult game to be a centre back and like a defensive um, midfielder. But uh, anyway, uh, but I'm going to give him a four. Martinez, um, I. Th- think I'm going to give him a 10. Bailed Lindelof out a couple of times, I thought. Had a really, really good performance. Um, the headband injury clearly isn't causing him any problems. He doesn't seem to be, like, performing less uh, with, with that on. So, uh, good stuff with Martinez. Malasia, um But to be honest, I didn't really notice Malasia quite so much. I thought he was all right. Um, but I didn't notice, him <clears throat> didn't notice him doing anything terrible or anything really great. So... I think an average six makes sense for that. Uh, Casemiro, I thought, had a good game, but a shaky one. <clears throat> um, gave the ball away a couple too many times. I'd probably give him a seven. I thought we were still just above average, but a couple of like really surprisingly sloppy passes from him, especially for his standard. So I'd give him a seven. Ericsson, I thought, was, was fine. Um, again, a couple of misplaced passes, but everybody seemed to be kind of doing that at certain points in this game. I don't know what was going on. Um, but I thought he, I thought he did all right. I'm just, I kind of look, because Tenaga seemed to, to have favoured Ericsson and Casemiro, which is always going to be better than McTominay and Fred, no matter what. Um, I do think at some points Ericsson left Casemiro a bit isolated, because Ericsson is kind of supposed to be doing a box-to-box role next to Casemiro, so that Casemiro's got somebody like closer to pass to him so your midfield can kind of link up a bit more at least the way that, that that's the way I understand it but um yeah he left him a bit isolated at certain points um I still think Ericsson I still think if you take Ericsson Donny and Bruno those are all three players that were gonna, are gonna play better in the 10 just like because they're all creative players so play them further up the, the pitch um, we we need another sort of like Fred slash McTominay sort of centre midfielder, somebody to play next to Casemiro, and we also need a backup for Casemiro. Uh, that that's where we need to to improve in the midfield. If we used Donny, Bruno, and Eriksson higher up the pitch more often, and then essentially had two centre midfielders sitting behind them, we'd be all right. But um, I don't actually necessarily think Eriksson works where he's been playing necessarily. I think he should be higher up the pitch because his you know, crossing, shooting, passing as some of his better attributes. Not necessarily his, like, tackling and physicality. And he's certainly not, like, as quick as he used to be. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to give him a six. Uh, Anthony. I thought Anthony was just above average. I thought he was uh, had, had a decent game. He's got to learn to take on his players a bit more. Uh, to take take the defenders on a bit more. I noticed when Rashford and uh, Granacho were playing, they take on their... their um, Opposing wing backs, let's call them that. Opposing defenders a lot more. Um and he is playing a little bit too much left footed, a little bit too left footed. Um it seems like he's either gonna do one of two things, which is get to the byline, cut back and pass it sort of inside ish with his left foot. Um or drive forward and overlap pass. But the overlap pass is almost like a little bit further back, or drive forward and actually shoot. Um, and it it he's just getting a little bit predictable with that. So I I still think he's a good player, and that I think the criticism he's received have been very harsh. But um, and he is brand new and everything still. But 
I think he's got to like, like find that that something else in in his game just to make himself a little bit less predictable. Because if I can realize that, then I'm sure professional defenders will realize that. So I still like him. Still think he's a great player. He's just got to like maybe add a bit more to his game. I think. Uh, Bruno Fernandez uh, frustrated the absolute hell out of me in this game. <laughs> he really, really does. Oh, he frustrates me so much. I I get nervous now when 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 Bruno gets the ball and he sort of looks up. And I I've spoken in the last two or three podcasts about like the charging up pass that he does, which is when he sort of winds his left arm. Uh, you know, if, you know, if like those big football kicks that you do. He sort of winds, almost winds himself like up like you would do with a toy. And uh, like just boots the ball in the air. A bit a bit like how Skulls used to do. But the difference with Skulls and Bruno. Bruno will do like this looping pass that will have a big like drop on it. And it will be a lot slower. Whereas Skulls did them sort of more straight. So the ball got to where it's supposed to quicker. Um... And the passes from Skulls were more accurate. So he's trying to do almost the same thing Skulls used to do. But I I don't understand the dipping shot sort of thing. I I really don't quite get that. Because the problem you have there, if if I remember from when Skulls used to play football, it was a while ago. The ball used to either go to a player's foot or a player's chest. With the passes that Bruno makes, because they loop so high up in the air, it ends up being like one of them 50-50 type scenarios. And the player that we've got, whoever it would be, it can be anybody, doesn't always win that pass. So it's like a worse version of that pass. Um, there, 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 there was a couple of bits that, re- <laughs> that just really annoyed me with him. Um, there was a pass that he had where he, he was out on the right-hand side. He hadn't been moved out there. He just happened to be on the right-hand side and get the ball. There were like two players on the edge of our box who were quite open. I think we had two on the edge of the box and three in the box. I think one was Vegas, one was Casemiro maybe, and one was Rashford, I think. And then you had like Ericsson and somebody else on the edge of the box. I can't remember who it was. And I'm thinking, okay, pass it back to the edge of the box and then that player can either dip in a, 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 a pass or have a shot from a better position. No, he chooses to do this outside of the foot, like, whipping cross, which didn't go to, to anybody. And it's moments, like, it's moments, because I want to really try, I know I criticise Bruno a lot for his passing, I want to really pinpoint and explain why it frustrates me so much. And particularly in this game, that came up quite a few times, where it's like, you don't need to go, you don't always need to go for the more ambitious pass. You can be quite good at, like, just just keep it simple sometimes. You don't always have to be like, okay, I've got to fling this ball 40-whatever miles. Uh, I know the pitch isn't 40 miles long. But um, I've got to, like, fling this ball halfway across the pitch. And it's like, no, you've probably got somebody next to you, like, a couple of metres away. And cause I've just given an example of when he, when he made a, a wrong decision. But there was a couple of times in this game when he got the ball... He went to do those things, and he had loads and loads of time. And um, there was a couple of times where, like, Weghorst, sorry, Weghorst, um was running through the middle, like, holding out both... You know, you know when players holding out both their arms and, like, pass to me, pass to me, pass to me? And he would try to just whip across, like, to, to the other side of the box, and 
I just don't understand it. I start understand it. You, you you have to stop doing that. Um, there was even a point actually. I, I noticed. Um, what was it? Bruno had that really terrible shot from the edge of the box. It like fizzed wide. I th- I think he tried to do an outside of the foot shot, and I didn't even see where the ball went. And then Ten Hag got up and started shouting. And at that point, I was like, just just get him off now, honestly. And that was like just before half time. Um, just stop booting the ball all over the place. Like I don't, I don't, and you see sometimes from the player who he's trying to pass to, whether it be Casemiro or Rashford, whoever, and they'll have like this frustrated look on the, their face, and it's like, yeah, I share your sort of sentiment. Um, Bruno's a great player. Bruno can score goals. He's a leader. He can make good passes. He's just got to stop with this. Like, um, I don't, I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know. It it almost feels at points like he's trying too hard, and it's like you ju- you just don't have to. Just make the simpler, simpler pass. So anyway, um, anyway that's Bruno. I'm gonna give him. He did score. Um, I'll give him a five. I think because he that I I can't look past that first stuff. He really really annoyed me. Uh, so I'm gonna give him a five. I've been giving him like zeros and stuff. I think zero would be a little bit ridiculous for this game. So I'll give him a five. Rashford I've already talked about, uh, Vegost, um, again was kind of looking for service, and the annoying part about trying to rate a player who's a striker, who is like, clearly asking for the ball, and we're not giving it to that player, um, I'd probably give, I'll, I'll give him an 8, I thought he was very, very good, I thought he held up the ball really, really well, I don't necessarily think this team is still used to having that type of player yet, I think we're too used to having either Rashford, Rashford or, uh, Martial through the middle, um, and we're not we're not used to like crossing the ball into the tall guy. Um, and the annoying part about the Bruno thing with that is like, okay, if you're if you're going to be whipping crosses into players like that, at least aim for Vegos because he can at least he's tall, he can at least get on the end of some of those. But that didn't really happen. Uh, there's actually a point later in the game where Palestri was subbed on and he sort of um, got to the byline and whipped it in. The cross didn't quite get to Vegos, but it was a really really good attempt. So we need to be need to be doing some more of that. Um, but yeah, got um, a poacher's goal. There's nothing wrong with that. A goal's a goal. Uh, so I'll give him an 8. I, I thought it was pretty good. Good hold-up play. Um, dropped deeper at a few different points. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought he I thought he did pretty well in this game. So credit to him for trying to trying to get involved. Uh, substitutions, just to read out who was on the bench. Alanga, Fred, Garnacho, Heaton, Maino. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Um, McTominay, Palestri, Varane, and Brandon Williams. Remember him? Yeah. I haven't forgotten about him. Um, he obviously didn't make an appearance, but uh, Alanga came on. Not much to say. Made a bit of a cameo appearance. Good pass for the uh, assist for the goal. Fred did some interesting things. Not enough to say about him. Ganacho, I thought, made an instant impact when he came on. And I thought Palestri, even though he almost did a couple of really bad things, because um, he almost gave away a penalty. But uh, in the attacking sense, I thought he looked very sharp. It looked like he wanted to get involved. Um, so that was good. Uh, it's again a bench. I'm just sort of okay. Yeah, you got Varane. Obviously, Varane's incredible. Palestri, you want to see him get a chance. Ganacho has been promising. Um, but I don't know. Some of the rest of this here is like we've got so many wingers. <laughs> um, one, two, three, got three wingers on the bench, and uh, two central midfielders. So. Yeah, um, there we go. Uh, the injury list or missing players list. 
the low of the thigh injury, Martial injury, uh, Sancho match fitness problem, Twenze B match fitness problem, and Van der Beek, who we know is going to be out for the season. I was reading up, I did actually do some uh, some Googling and uh, looked up about Sancho and Twenze B. Apparently they're both back in training because we knew a bit more publicly, excuse me, that Sancho was back in training, but I've seen some actual photos of Twenze B back in training because I was looking at this app today because I was trying to remember which channel the game was on, and I was like, okay, what what is going on with, with Palestri? Like, this this lacking match fitness thing has been here for so long, like, what's actually going on with him? So I, I looked him up, and uh, there was some pictures, I think it said two days ago or something, um, of him actually in training. So at least that's something, at least that's something good. Because I tell you what, I trust him more than Lindelof and Maguire, easily. Um, easily, and Lindelof and Maguire have more than had their chance in this team so there we go anyway that's it we should be on our way to Wembley we're not there quite yet there could be an upset let's hope not of course I have the the, the trust in this team that we will not get beaten 4-0 by Nottingham Forest <laughs> I can't see how that can happen um this time next week um like exactly this time next week I should be doing these I should be literally recording the uh, second leg podcast for this so uh, hopefully we'll be confirmed for Wembley by that point. Um, hopefully we'll be in the next round of the uh, FA Cup as well. And we'll be back with the Premier League soon as well, I'm assuming. Alright, that's that. Uh, good stuff. Um, almost switched off. You know, uh, not not the game I'm talking about, the players, they almost switched off. Uh, which was a bit worrying, but then we took control of the game. Nottingham Forest gave us a good go. And, you know... Okay, sometimes it can be interesting to see Man United win, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8, 0. It, it's happened on occasion where it can be entertaining, but um, it is always interesting, at least from a football point. You know, you would look at a game like this and you think, oh, Nottingham Forest, that's, that's nothing. We can just stroll around and win. I do find it entertaining to at least see the other team try, you know, to at least see them, like, put up some fight um, to try to get something out of the game, because then it makes us play better as well, so it makes us kind of wake up a bit more, so, anyway, have you got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments on the semi-final game, what do you think of seeing Palestri, uh, what do you think of Lindelof's performance, what do you think of what I said about Bruno, uh, what do you think of Vegos getting his first goal, and do you think Transovi will actually be back in the team at any point soon? Uh, Matthew at Entertainment, Talk the Dog, Twitter, eTalk UK, there's contact page information in the show notes, Email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in the show notes as well. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look out for what we're doing over there. Uh, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. For all that stuff, you can also tell other people about our podcast either by just simply telling them or using social media. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for your free podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. TV and film news over on geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Uh, that's for TV, film news, rentals, cancellations, pickups, edits, Geektown, radio, geektown.co.uk. There's a new episode from yesterday, which is Tuesday the 24th. Have a look out for that one. Um, Bex is still streaming very regularly over on Twitch. Trista B-Y-T-E-S for chat, retro, and game streams and more good stuff over there. Me on Twitch at eTalk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. If you want to see some new COD clips, got a good few of those for you as well got some good sniping clips that i've done recently so if you want to check those out feel free to do so anyway um next uh knockout game thing thingy majiggy uh reading saturday eight o'clock uh join me for that as well um 
but yeah, for that one. And then semi-final next week, second leg. Um, let's see what happens with that. And then probably, I don't know what the next game after that actually is, but probably a Premier League game, I would imagine. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.